What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pillow Fort podcast. Um, I'm here again with Kate and Shania, and we are again going over the Promised Neverland. So this week we are doing the Kuvitadala arc, which is what I'm going to call it, but I'm again sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, this arc is chapters 96 through 112, if you read along with us, so definitely uh, there will be spoilers for everything in the Promised Neverland up to chapter 112. Um, so if you're not caught up, you know, keep that in mind. Spoilers, spoilers ahead. But um, as as you know, as you guys know, if you've watched this podcast before, uh, me and Shania have read The Promised Neverland, but Kate has not. So uh, yeah, we'll start. Kate, what are just your some of your basic thoughts on this arc so far? Yeah. So initially, I'm just I'm just thinking with the whole arc and in consideration in my mind that this is probably uh definitely one of the bigger losses for emma's big plan to keep everyone alive here because we we lose a lot of good people and just a lot of like you know of the family that we built here i just i i really like this arc it's a lot of um it's a lot less action-y than the last the last arc that I would say. That's definitely not a word, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, but like a lot of it was spent like preparing to go to Kuvitadala. Is that how you say it? I don't even know. I, but <laughs> I don't know. Nobody knows how to pronounce <laughs> yes. this word. It's not a real word. It's fake. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll just say it like that. Yeah, but a lot of it is prepping to get there and just trying to discover these clues that William Minerva has like laid out for them. And yeah, I think it's really interesting. It definitely delves into a lot more of them working together as like a full unit and family. And then we get to see everyone again. I was like, I, I love the moment where like, even though, um, uh, I think Yugo is how they said his name in the manga, yeah. but I don't know if that's how yeah, you pronounce it's it either. But, <laughs> yeah i think you, i don't know if it's supposed to be like a hugo thing but they're just throwing a y in there to be fun but yeah it seems like it's yugo with a y yeah that's what i thought but yeah so yugo comes in um just with emma and immediately gilda's got her finger on the <laughs> the exploding button <laughs> she's like she's ready to blow it all she's like what's going on you gotta tell me but then i i love how sw- quickly they all like switch gears when they actually i think they can recognize that he's like actually trying to help everyone now so yeah yeah shania what did you think about this arc yeah this arc was emotionally hurtful in many ways especially after we had such success with Goldie Pond and there were no casualties surprisingly or like really not any in like the ultimate mission and then here we just we lost so many so quickly I mean I guess not that many but it was still jarring losses all around and yeah so like it's exciting because they're solving this mystery and they're getting steps closer but they've also just faced like this giant loss especially of like father figure characters yeah so i uh kate what did you think about the the little uh we'll say trip that emma went on 
Uh, so like you know the the main, the Emma and Ray, and as well as Don and Norman, or Don not Don and Norman, Don and Gilda. Um, I think Zach and one other other kid went with them. Do you remember who else went with them? Oliver, I think. Right. Oh, was it Oliver? Okay. It might have not know, been. I didn't know if it was the main kid. one, but there was another person with them. But I first of all, I really liked that like that emotional connection the, the like little moment with don and gilda we're like we're so happy that you want us to go and i'm like oh guys your main characters yeah don't don't yeah. worry about it <laughs> i just yeah I, in that moment i was i was feeling a lot of just like oh you guys like you're you're a valuable member of the team and everything because i felt like both of them at that point they just felt like you know probably emma doesn't or emma and ray don't really see us at the same level as a lot of these other kids that are coming in and like a lot of them have had like different training than we've had so at, at the moment that the other kids from Goldie Pond come in, they're probably feeling a little bit down on themselves. Like, oh, now we're just going to get pushed further back into the list of who gets taken on these trips. But yeah, I really loved... <laughs> I, I love their like moment of excitement there. Well, Gilda's Gilda's like, finally, I'm not just I'm not just a caretaker to you guys. I'm so happy. And I'm like, oh, Gilda. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so it's so nice, right? It's so so nice. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Shania, do you have any any good feel moments from this arc? I, it's kind of before we go south pretty quick here. I mean, just agreeing with that, like, it is nice when they have that moment where they're like, we're included, we do matter, you think we can handle ourselves, which is a heartwarming, but I think it's kind of overshadowed by everything else that emotionally scars you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, so I really, I, I remember reading this week to week, and I was re like, this was very trippy to me week to week, but I, I would like to know how you guys felt rereading it, so... When they get to, like, what I'm only going to refer to as, like, Demon World Stonehenge. <laughs> like, where, like, there's all, like, I don't know what that place was called. But, like, um, when they get there, like, Emma has this whole, like, trip where she sees this, this being that we've kept hearing the, or seeing the name of, but, um, never... Like we ne we never we don't know his name. It's it's like written in the like weird demon script thing. Yeah. Um But she sh so she meets it. What do you, what did you guys think about that whole interaction? I don't know if you had any thoughts about that. That was insane. Cause I mean at this point we've really only experienced things that have to do with the physical world and the now so like obviously demons are super crazy and that's something that's different from the regular humans that we're used to experiencing in our physical world but for them like all emma's really seen is their physical world so it seems like it's almost like into this whole different like plane of existence like where this uh demon guy is and everything and yeah, I thought it was super interesting how they put that spin on it, too. 
and how, like, you know, all of these specific clues are leading to this, like, vision that you see when you get there. It's not, like, a physical thing that's there in front of you, but instead, like, a, a vision thing. So, yeah, I thought it was really awesome. I, like, can't remember how I felt about it when I first read it, but in this read-through, it was kind of funny almost because you know they're looking and they're trying to find this thing and then all of a sudden Emma's transported into like this weird vision and I just like the demon thing she finds because first it's like portrayed as very scary because there's this whole feast thing so we're like expecting some sort of like evil demon entity at least I was and it's like this kind of shrimpy little demon that's just like (laughs) Hey, this isn't how you're supposed to come in here. We can chat, but, like, you gotta come in the right way next time, please. Which was, like, a surprisingly, like, chill interaction for how much I thought, like, he'd be a big evil creature. Oh, yeah. Me too. 100%. Like, I... I... I kind of forgot about that, honestly, until you said something about it, Shania. But I was like... Oh, how? Why is he so little? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why is Mew? Why is Mew the Pokemon, the That's, ruler yeah. of the demons? <laughs> he's like, it's like he looks like an Abra. Like he's such an unintimidating I'm, appearance. I just like I'm confused too because like the demons are like nine feet tall sometimes with like these like <laughs> terrifying teeth yeah. and like disgusting faces and then there's just like this like little tiny three foot dude and he's like yep i'm i'm the i'm the guy and he seems like very casual which is not the vibe that i caught from anybody else about him (laughs) no no i it's definitely it's definitely super interesting i i so kate being the only one who's seen the anime i don't know and i if you don't remember that's fine but do you remember if they vocally say his name in the anime ever no, I think if I remember correctly, they just said like him or something like okay. that, like something weird, but yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that because again, I mean, as a manga only reader, I literally know this this being by those symbols, that's it. And so right. I, I like I don't know how to pronounce that name, obviously, because no. those are not real people words. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think anybody would know how to pronounce that. No, so. yeah, that's yeah, I don't think that's a that's a thing that you can do. But yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I, I really like that trip. I thought that that was a, a cool, you know, I like the the entryway. I do kind of find it funny that he was like, <laughs> like, why are you using my back door? Please come in the front. Like, that, that was, it was just, it was definitely a subversion of what we thought, I think, the demon, like, God was going to be. Like... And it's, you know, he's just not as intimidating as I originally expected either. But we also, in this arc, got uh, a time skip. It wasn't a whole lot of time, but it was a, it was like a year and some change. Um, which, I, I don't know, I don't know, Kate, were you expecting for, for there to be a time skip in this manga at all? 
Um, not really, honestly. I was not, because it's, it's only a two-year span. I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, reading other manga and anime has ruined me to, like, thinking that, like, these, like, ten-year spans or whatever are in, like, this, you know, and you go through time skips or whatever, but I don't, I don't think I've really experienced one with, like, such a short time as two years. Um, at least from when they left Goldie Pond, you know? So I definitely was not expecting it. And it's like right after the moment when, uh, Andrew, the guy goes and visits, uh, Phil. And I was like, so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening to Phil? No. And then it's like time skip. And I'm like, what? Wait, I don't even get to know what happened to Phil. That was so stressful. Like, whenever he comes to see Phil, I'm like, you leave my five-year-old son alone. (laughs) You just, you don't go near him. Don't look at him. But it is, now that you, like, mention it, it is kind of weird that they do a time skip almost. Because I'm just, like, thinking of it from, like, a writer's point of view. And you think that they would leave it be what it is so that they have time to work with and that they can draw the manga out as long as possible so it's interesting to think about their process because they effectively cut their time off that we're left with like four months to make everything happen and then yeah i mean i'm glad though that they had that time with the with yugo and lucas and they could just be together again and that made me happy and i kind of wish we'd seen it more but you know it's what it is very very important question is phil okay mm. kate you're the only one that can answer once again because obviously me and shania know <sighs> how's I, phil doing kate i don't know i am very worried for my man phil i mean like, he <laughs> doesn't look good yeah andrew was like I, I, like, took care of your collaborator on the outside, and I'm like, you better not mean Phil, you man. (laughs) You (laughs) You better better not be talking about Phil. (laughs) No, but, yeah, so, honestly, as as sad as it would be for for the rest of the crew, I, I do hope that taking care of the person was the just the phone person and not (laughs) not phil because i i don't know honestly i from that response i don't think he's okay but i really do i really really want him to be okay (laughs) andrew's horrifying like i forgot how so he rolls up and he's taken out not just whoever they talk to on the phone but like anyone else in the network so while you know our group's been hustling he's been doing his own sort of hustle and he just takes them out like immediately snipes two kids then gets the third like with us like on the side a little bit and that was just that was intense that whole takedown was so high paced and I don't know, I was kind of overwhelmed, and then whenever they realized, like, oh, we're gonna have to kill people, and Ray's, like, the only one who seems to have that realization, and Yugo's like, no, no, this is for the adults. And I'm like, but you were, like, sort of adults, because you were also kids when trauma happened to you, so, like, there's no qualified adults here, please all live, and sadly, that is not what happens. And then Andrew with the half 
blown up face is just haunting, honestly. I think this, like, this, so, coming out of Goldie Pond, right, which again, I think, like we said last week, Goldie Pond is, like, the height of success for Emma, right? Like, this is, everything went exactly, well, I mean, not exactly, obviously, but everything went how she wanted it, right? There were no casualties to the kids, and all the demons were taken out. Like, total success for her. And going from that arc to this arc is so jarring. Because there could... I mean, we spend most of the early parts of the arc, you know, doing this investigating about how to make a new promise and all of that. But, like, when Andrew shows up, it is sudden and things are going south. I Like, what did you, you know... What did you think about the raid that, that was going on there, Kate? Yeah, that was really insane. Because I almost feel as though I was lulled into this sense of comfort with the last arc and yeah. how successful it was and I was so happy for Emma I was like yes like finally Emma gets like a full victory here where everybody survives everybody gets through it so I thought like maybe you know we can keep this pace going but you know clearly and I like kind of the the mirror of it's it's kind of crazy how before all of them were meant to be eaten by demons but in Goldie Pond all of them survived right and none of them were eaten by demons but then some of them ended up being yeah. killed by people in this arc yeah. not even demons people like yeah. I just think like that is so crazy to me and yeah i definitely wasn't expecting that coming off of the last arc i so as this manga goes on we'll we'll, we'll see clearer but uh i have i have a hot take that i would like you to to weigh in on and you might agree with me so this might not be a hot take hot but take. i think that so far up to this point andrew is the scariest villain we've seen there's nothing scarier than Andrew. How do we feel? Hmm. I... I don't know. Because I feel like... Physically, right? Probably until he gets his face blown off. Because that's that's a whole other horror scene in itself. <laughs> but, like, physically, at first, I think initially, you don't... Um, see it and that's also a part of the reason I think does make him more scary though is because like you don't know that he's like capable of doing this stuff like you can see like how smart he is in his planning and his organizing of everybody and like doing his research by like going to Phil and doing whatever like I, he's just, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. And I, yeah, I think I would actually agree. I don't think that that's that hot of a take, but yeah, yeah, I think I would agree. Yeah, I think I would too, but he's scary in his mindset and mentality. Because, you know, so far the, the villains or antagonists we've had is, you know, we have Mom, who is very much of the mindset that... You know, we have to maintain this order. This is the best sense of normalcy we can have. So, you know, it's a necessary evil. It is what it is. I hate it, but it's how it goes. And then you have the demons who obviously are like, 
giant monstrous beings who want to eat the children, but that's like the hierarchy of the food chain sort of mentality there. But then you have Andrew who like in his psychotic breakdown is screaming about how these children are just food. They're just supposed to be food. And so it's like this separation of like status quo where he's put himself in this like other tier of human. And so it's like for his mentality and his doggedness in attempting to achieve these goals, he's definitely a very intimidating villain. Yeah, it's it's absolute about absolutely about mindset for me. That's why I say that. Because he because of how he views it. So I think that every other villain we've had, kinda like you were saying, Shania, has had some kind of like justifiable like reason for doing what they're doing. Even if it was just their own pleasure. Like in Louvis's case, I would say. It was like it was about having like him experiencing excitement. Not not anything like we wouldn't say like, oh yeah, you should definitely kill people for that. But like at least he was getting something out of it. It does Andrew scares me because it doesn't even seem like he's getting anything out of it. Like he's not yeah. even benefiting himself. He's just and like there is a justifiable position for his side. Like like and I thought about this when we first were introduced to like William Minerva being this James Rotry, right? And like leader of this clan that keeps the division. It's like you can see like why that might be important. Like it's like, yes, we do have to sacrifice all these children. That's certainly a bummer. But all of humanity then doesn't have to be hunted. So like in a utilitarian way, you can say, okay, I see why maybe you would feel like that's the right way to go. But like Andrew isn't even doing that. Andrew is like, you are not human. You are cows and you you deserve to be eaten because you're your food. And like just doggedly following it without like like there's nothing in it for andrew andrew's just like i assume takes home a paycheck for this <laughs> i like right. i hope he takes home a paycheck but i'm not sure <laughs> i like yeah, it's, it's like it's, he, he takes yeah. a home a paycheck maybe probably isn't murdered by demons which is also a plus but like yeah, and maybe even know. at that because he was in fact murdered by a demon if we can yeah. remember the end of this arc yeah, he was true. in fact eaten. He so. was, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, just, so he didn't it, even get out of that. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't even work out for him. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a real bummer, Andrew's story. But I, I guess I don't feel too bad, you know. But yeah, no, I just I like I remember reading like this week, right, where we were like, and and I even remember when I was reading a week to week, but like when Pepe runs in and he's like, they're coming now. Like, and just all of a sudden, they're, like, they're in the hideout, they're in the shelter, like, the the kids are, like, hiding on the floor, like, I'm like, whoa, it just, it happened so quick that it was, like, definitely jarring, I was, it was crazy, especially since most of this arc is paced pretty slow, you know, there's not a whole lot of action, and then all of a sudden, people are getting shot, kids are going down. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely it was definitely crazy. But I do want to talk about Lucas and Hugo more specifically because I think this is like obviously, you know, they they have died this arc. But this is I think their biggest time to like really really shine, especially Hugo specifically. But what did what did you guys think about the end for these two? 
Yeah, I I was very, very sad about this. I I was happy how they went out because I knew, first of all, when Lucas was like, you just gotta leave me behind, man. I'm not gonna make it, it's okay. I knew Hugo in that time was never gonna leave Lucas behind. I was like, there is no way this man will do that because like he, yeah, he even, like, explained to Lucas, and that's what I thought as soon as Lucas said that, too, is, like, I did that before, and I was literally, like, I was insane for 13 years, man. <laughs> like, he's like, I've, I've literally been losing my mind for 13 years, and then I finally found you, and I get, like, this, this relief, so, like, hell no, I'm not gonna leave <laughs> to die by yourself so yeah I definitely I thought it was it was a good ending and also just like the knowledge that kind of both of them went into that situation very prepared to accept the reality that they were probably going to die um like I think that that was like so awesome to see just because you know it takes even more like courage to actually go through things like that when you're consciously very aware that this situation could definitely like end my life but they both had the motivation of like letting the other kids survive and almost they wanted to um sacrifice themselves for the next generation so that they could reforge the promise and just make the whole world better but yeah i thought that that was a really really like emotional and just an awesome like written part for sure like as i like kind of i guess touched on it earlier i jumped the gun a little bit there but like it was really emotional to like see their reflection on it too as you know yugo kind of thinks about like the the time he spent and like the pain of not of like getting hope to have it taken away again because at that point he knows he's gonna die like the one panel where they say that like this sanctuary being their final resting place was like really chilling because they'd started off with such hope and then Hugo experienced such devastation to find hope again and now realize he's not gonna get to that dream world and neither is Lucas but that it's okay for like the time that they spent with this new family and like what their death means for that new family. And also, yeah, the fact that Hugo is like, I'm not leaving you. No, don't even consider it. Which again, like going back to Andrew's mindset, he clearly saw that as weakness there and sees it as weakness in Emma, this whole like sentiment or like attachment to people and how it slows them down. But I think it's their strength and definitely made for a very like emotional moment. And I, I love too that like Hugo kind of appears to Emma in like this dream as she like comes to her own understanding that he they're not catching up, they're not gonna be joining them. Um so yeah, it I don't know, it hurt. I, I wish they had more time, like but I get that like they kind of had to die so that the story could be about the kids. But I'm like, we we could have had them here still. It could have been fun. <laughs> it's uh yeah, no, I I always think about, first of all, I think really cool that, like, Lucas could do this much. Because, again, he's crippled in one of his feet. 
and yeah. has one arm. Like he's just like he's like running through the hallway, like shooting people up, and I'm like, excuse me, like you were where you were using a cane, a like a chapter ago. Yeah. But as you know, that's cool. But I one of the things that the one of the, like the little moments that happened in this arc that like really almost made me kind of sad, right? Is like we see Yugo, right? And how they used to like he's having this flashback of them having like this tea party. And I remember so like we first met him holding a broken teacup oh, yeah. sitting in that room. And we're like, why is he... And, like, I think even one of the kids mentions, like, why is he holding a broken teacup? Like, there's nothing <laughs> in it. There's nothing, like, why... What a weirdo. But, like, you see now that they, like, broke in when he was, like, doing this, like, almost, like, like fake tea party thing and, like, remembering them and about to kill himself. Right. If we can go back... <laughs> like, he was, like, he was gonna go with teacup in hand... And then they broke in and, like, legitimately, like, saved his life in a way in that yeah. point. And it's just, like, it's very, like, it made me feel better because it's, like, he got to experience this family for a little while. For at least, like, a year and some change or however long this time skip was, right? He got to experience this, but and he's still going to go out like this. It was, it was It was really cool. But that made me really sad about that moment, about laughing at him. At the moment where he's holding a broken teacup <laughs> when they break in, I'm like, yeah. wow, he was about to kill himself right there. That was, he was seconds away from death. Yeah. It, and it, it also really makes also... some of his, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. Yeah. But it, it makes a lot of his first actions make more sense for sure. Just because like you can yeah. see now we, we know now that he was just going to like end it all in that moment. Yeah. So he literally does not care about anything at all. So it, it definitely makes a lot more sense. His attitude when they first showed up. So speaking of when, like we first show up and we first meet Yugo. I love like this read through in the manga. I'm paying more attention to like the little side stories or side panels. And there's like this whole collection of scenes of Lucas learning what Yugo did when they first arrived, like the gun to Emma's head and everything else. And it's just Lucas perpetually being like, who are you? That's you're not, you're not Yugo. What, what you did what to them? And it's just really funny to see, like, his reactions to how insane Yugo had been. Yeah, these two, these two definitely, this was their arc, you know? This was their arc to shine. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we got, but they don't end up killing them all. They kill most of them, but Andrew somehow, miraculously, survives and catches these kids and we have the final showdown. I, do you guys have any thoughts about that little final showdown? Yeah, I'll so I thought that that was so, so insane. Because, like, the kids, they're just going out to kind of do this reconnaissance check almost. And they're even planning it out, like, okay, like, we don't even have to get that close to the bunker. Like, we'll just get close enough so that we can kind of see maybe what happened, you know? And, and these are just, Gracefield kids, so they are yeah. geniuses. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, they're doing all this planning and preparation, and then just 
I love just the transition between just this calmness where we kind of think, okay, Andrew's dead, you know, like we're, their kids are going to be okay, like they're going to be all right. But then like all of a sudden, like one of the girls wakes up on the reconnaissance team is like, everyone's gone. And then, like, almost immediately, we get, like, dragged into this whole showdown where, like, Andrew is holding the kids hostage and, like, shooting them and has already killed, like, a bunch of them. Like, I just thought the whole thing was so insane. And they really did, I feel like, a good job of just lulling us into that sense of security of, like, yeah, he's probably dead, so it's fine, right? (laughs) That's insane, especially, like, how destroyed he is. Like, what what pay level is he getting that he is <laughs> still still rolling up half, like... I assume his just, like, flesh is, like, burnt off because it was an explosion. Like, he was in the middle of it. So, like, what... How are you alive? But, yeah, it's a super intense showdown. And I like that it gave... Um, is it Oliver? Gets, like, this really awesome moment to shine as like the successor of Hugo and Lucas because um, where Andrew was aware of like the one guy trying to snipe him he had no perception of Oliver being there Oliver somehow shoots him through his joints like perfectly so I don't know it was a really cool Oliver moment and then it ended unexpectedly though because Ray is like braced to shoot him and is like you know Sorry, Luke, or sorry, Hugo, like, I have to bear this burden now myself. And he's, like, preparing to take his first human life. And then this giant wild demon comes out of nowhere. And I was just like, it wasn't anticlimactic, but I'm like, nothing in this arc is going how I thought it would. Everything is suddenly <laughs> changing in the most unexpected way. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I'm glad that Ray didn't shoot him. I'm. I think that's. I like that 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 he wasn't forced to do that. I think that's like a very important point because up to this point, we still have not killed humans, and I would like to argue that Emma actively tries not to even kill the demons unless she has to. Um, but it's uh yeah it's it's definitely I think it's a fitting end for Andrew and Oliver definitely got. Uh, some spotlight there at the end which was good so yeah yeah did you guys have anything else on this arc no nope cool cool well then we're gonna go to uh, our favorite three questions at the at the end Shania did you have something yeah yeah are we just or did I read too far ahead to miss the whole uh, new message from William Minerva that came out the like oh, the final yeah. message that uh that Lucas Lucas took before everything went down that whole uh <laughs> William Minerva coming at you or someone someone who knows the shelter's there and is hoping it reaches so is that is that William Minerva is he not dead is he dead like feels like a big moment to talk about <laughs> yeah, Kate that feels like a you question considering <laughs> James Rotary is he still with us yeah um I don't know I feel like there was like one or two panels where it almost seems like they were trying to make us think as though 
he was still around in some form because it seems yeah. like there were asked like somebody was asking him to do something or like saying are you ready James or whatever so yeah I don't know I think he could still be alive I would be very surprised because I would think that probably a part of his brother's betrayal would be killing him, right? Like that's the first thing I think of. I guess, right. Yeah. When it comes to betraying it's a good someone, start it's like, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought definitely it would have been like you know his brother like killed him and then like took over Goldie Pond and all that stuff. But yeah, I think I think he definitely could be alive though with this. It, it could just be a recording, but I'm hoping that he's still alive. Yeah. It would be interesting. It'll be interesting to see as we go forward. But yeah, no, that's a good point, Shania. <laughs> Thank you for not letting us skip that. All right. So now, on to the, the big three questions that I ask every time. First of all, it's uh, who's your favorite character? We'll just, to make this simple, we'll go Kate, Shania, me. Who's your favorite character, Kate? Uh, my favorite character is yet again Ray. Ray is staying strong through this whole thing, basically, for me. I really wanna. Are we picking just out of the main three, or in general? I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna give Hugo a shout out for this Whoa. one. Not. He's not. He's hey. not the full one. I'm just. I'm in my feels right now. I'm in my feels for Hugo. So right now, he's my favorite. No, I get it. I get it. Good wow. Pick. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm very shocked by that. Yeah, mine's still Lewis. He's the best. I love <laughs> Lewis with all my heart. Almost as Not like, Phil again? Phil's no, back, though. No, just listen. <laughs> I'm worried about Phil. I'm deeply concerned yeah. about Phil. But we've got time. You know, maybe. Yeah. He could be dead. Maybe. I hope not. <laughs> but Lewis still takes it for me. All right. Rank your ranking of the big three. Yes, Norman is still in this, even though he has not been seen for this entire arc. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Ray, Emma, and then Norman for this arc. I'm gonna go with Emma, Ray, Norman. Been pretty stable throughout. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I think I'm Emma, Ray, Norman on this one. I think that Emma's like I like Emma's little like. Even though this arc, I mean, we've lost kids, so that's a pretty big deal, especially for Emma. I like that, like, at the end, she's still, like, looking for hope and positive, like, like she's always been. So, yeah, I, th I think Emma Emma takes it for this arc. She edges Ray out just a little bit for me. Um, and, yeah, so that brings us to how does this arc compare to the other ones that came before it? Yeah, so I like this arc a lot. Um, I think this might be one of my favorites. I don't think it's my number one favorite. I think last arc is is in the position of my favorites at the moment of my favorite at the moment. Um, but this one is definitely up there for sure. There was a lot that happened and like a lot of growth and like this whole time skip that we experienced so i thought it was definitely really interesting for me this arc probably so far is my least favorite and i think that's more me getting caught up on sentiment than anything else because like there was a lot of like cool development and everything but i'm just like characters i love died and so 
I'm like, not a good arc. Bad arc. Not a good time. Death is a no. No for Shania, apparently. Death is a no. Yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think I'm somewhere in the middle on this. I Definitely a uh, good arc. I like the information that we get. I like how it, it feels kind of mysterious, especially for most of the beginning. That whole stuff where we get to see, like, what a demon village looks like was kind of cool. Like, so I, I think it does a lot of cool things, but I think it sits somewhere in the middle for me. Goldie Pond is still definitely my favorite arc, which was last arc, so, at least so far. But, yeah, so... Thanks, guys, for, for listening to the, the Pillow 4 podcast with us. This was the Kuvitadala arc, uh, chapters 96 through 112. Next week, we're going to be doing what's called the King of Paradise arc. And I kind of forget why it's called that, so I'm interested to relearn that. Um, but that's chapters 113 through 130, if you're reading along with us. And definitely do... Um, do read along with us. We'd love to love to have you listen. Comment down in the comment section. Like and subscribe. I bring you these podcasts along with all kinds of other videos every single week. So thanks for listening with us. Until next time, this has been the Pillow 4 Podcast.